called me up and was like, Katie, can you explain Batman's dick to me? <laughs> You know what the best part about Batman's dick is? What? Did you did you, did you see the actual Talk about Dark Knight? Did you, it's the, oh, I forgot about the meme. What? That Wait, like that was like a meme for a second that there was like the silhouette of Batman's dick. No. I thought your mom just called you random. It's not just a, like, it's not a meme. It's No, I know, but I mean like it was like around Twitter. So there's comic skate happening right now with yeah. this, uh, a whole thing and so the Batman's dick is a huge point in comic skate. Yeah, it's a it's they about, Batman's dick in a comic, but it's like very. But here's the thing: it's like he's Batman is like in the Batcave. He's it's very dimly lit, and so it's just like the tiniest, the tiniest like glow around the side of the dick. Like you know, wait. So is he just sitting lonely with his? No, he's he's. (laughs) No, he's like walking. He's walking away from the Batmobile. Like I think he's just derobed after a hard fight, and there's just like a little bit of the side of his dick visible in the shadows. It's just, it's, I, it's just such a fucking dude's like, straight dude's point of view where like women are like, hey, we want to stop being objectified and like super heroines to be role models for women. They're like, instead of being like, yeah, let's stop putting them in possible poses and stuff. They're like, yeah, okay. So what if we objectify the men? What do ladies want to see? Full frontal dick. <laughs> but not even the saddest it, dick in the sexy DC. dick. Yeah. It's just like it's it's literally looks like how uh, fellas in the room. You know how like if you work out or you go running and then you take the shorts off and you just have like workout dick, which is similar to pool dick. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do not know what you're talking really? about. Okay. I also don't work out. That's fair. We're all passing the dick picture. Yeah, right look at that. It's just, it's just, it's just a soft man's dick. Like, <laughs> there was a New York comic a couple of years ago who, I guess, a, a an ex girlfriend was mad at him and posted a nude of him on Facebook. Batman. And it was. <laughs> Batman was a victim of revenge porn. That would be like really down to earth of them if they did that in a comic. <laughs> Well, it was a revenge. It's weird situation. that Batman and Bruce Wayne have really similar looking dicks. As we go, it's just a soft, on, average dick. We remember. Whoa, that's way more of Batman's dick all than the I thought bat it was. Dicks <laughs> we shared together. I had a point when I what I was gonna say is that it's very heavily in the shadows. They they did that on purpose, but you don't draw like that, which makes me know that not only did they fully draw out Batman's dick. But they probably drew out his balls, and I want to know what Batman's balls look like. I've had a glimmer of the sun, and it blinded me. But I will go back and I will stare at it again because I Batman's wanted... balls. No, no, no. Listen, listen, you can sort of see the balls. Oh, but here's the other thing. I, I more than that, books. I want to see how it was written in the script. I, read... I want to see a person, <laughs> and then you see the penis. <laughs> In the glimmer of the bat cave. It's a parenthetical. It says visible penis. Yeah. I know. <laughs> well, yeah, no, you know Batman what they were... visible penis. <laughs> it's two minutes to late night. All right, what's up, Batman dicks? Welcome to Five Minutes to Guess. <laughs> I like that the implication there is, ladies, Batman's dick is a snack. <laughs> Isn't it, though? Oh. I don't know. 
Welcome to Pod Minutes to Cast Night, the two minutes to late night podcast where we listen to bad albums and try to find good things about them. Uh, today we're going to be switching it up a little bit, but before we get to that, we just want to let you know that we are sponsored by Black Phoenix Alchemy Lab. They make an actual perfume that's based on our show. You'd think that it would just smell like old beer and shoes, but it actually smells like grease paint, black leather, and aftershave, which makes for an extremely intriguing masculine scent. We all wear it, actually outside, in the world. It's amazing. Uh, We also have shirts for sale at terriercult.com. Terriercult.com is a dog clothing website. You can buy clothes for your dog or for yourself if you're very weird. You can also buy clothes for our show, if you go to Friends of the Cult and go to Two Minutes to Late Night, and then you can see all, like, I don't know, 15 of our shirts. We have so many designs, it's unbelievable. You're with the Two Minutes to Late Night Writer's Room. Hi, I'm Lucy Steiner, and it's flannel season, baby! Woo! Yes! Woo! It's <laughs> mating season for us pants-type Pokemon. Woo! My thighs are relieved. Yeah. I'm Jeremy Hammond, and I took my passport photo today wearing a Two Minutes to Late Night shirt. Hell yeah! <laughs> Finally, Spain will know our name. At least the uh, TSA in Spain. <laughs> the A has an accent over it. <laughs> TSA. I'm Katie Rose Leon, and I was the bus in Rock of Love Bus. <laughs> <laughs> beep, beep, all aboard. <laughs> Hey, what's up? I'm Drew Kaufman, and I have been hired to pen the gritty remake of Weekend at Bernie's, where everybody's dead. <laughs> real gritty. And uh, I'm Jordan Olds, and I watched uh, Rugrats uh, this week, and you know what? Holds up. Do you know that uh, uh, the mom's maiden name is Kropotkin? How cool is that, huh? Uh, that Folks. W- Read the bread book. That is 100% the name of a Swedish metal band. Uh, Before we get started, uh, did anybody listen to anything cool this week? The new Brockhampton album dropped. Are you a sad teen? Hey, guess what? The new Brockhampton album dropped. (laughs) It was delayed. Now it is here. It is good. I like it. You like sad hip-hop by queer teenagers? Let's go. I've never heard of that person, but when you said that, I just pictured Brock Sampson from the Venture Brothers just like in the Hamptons wearing sandals. No, it's like 20 teenage boys. I do like that. Uh, I re-listened to uh, Famous Monsters. Uh, No, that doesn't count. It does count. I re-listened to it, and it still fucking rips. What are you doing, man? (laughs) (laughs) Are you okay? No! Love yourself. I'm not okay. I would say love yourself a little bit. Why are you listening? We already listened to that. We're 20 episodes into this podcast. Everybody in America knows that Jeremy is not okay. This is like the 1940s uh, uh, State of the Union where they broadcast it over the radio and everybody gathers around because it's the one time of the year that you can hear how Jeremy feels. Oh, boy. Lucy, did you listen to something you enjoyed? I listened to an album by a British folk trio called The Staves. And they have a great album called Dead, Born, and Grown. And their harmonies are just cutting. You ever heard The Waifs? I've heard I've, I've heard of them. I may have heard something. I think you would love them. Yeah, it they're sounds uh, like they're an Australian folk uh, trio, and uh, they used to open for Bob Dylan on like all of his uh, like not USA tours, and they fucking rule. I think I just can't report home. back next week. <laughs> 
Hell yeah. Uh, hey, resident shithead here. I listened to something metal that I liked. I found this band called Gaza. They're really cool. Oh, they're great. Yeah. Yeah, I never really heard them before. And I was like, oh, that's a terrible name. They're probably yeah. awesome. <laughs> they probably slap. And they do. Speaking of bands with bad names, uh, Heaven's Blade is fucking sick. It's Youth Code, the bassist of Rob Zombie playing guitar, uh, an ex bassist of Marilyn Manson, and the drummer of Suicide Silence. It sounds like a recipe for the worst thing you've ever heard. It is incredible. It is incredible. It sounds like the Hope Conspiracy fighting Converge. It is so awesome. It's my favorite Dreamcast game, Heaven's Blade. It has the name of like a like a midnight Adult Swim anime, but it's a fucking cool band. Uh, I'm sorry you say that as if that is not cool. Yeah, both of those things are incredibly cool, yeah. in fact. Folks, this week we're going to be trying something different. Welcome to Two Minutes to Debate Night. We're going to be trying something different. <laughs> pod uh, minutes. Pod minutes to debate night. Burn in hell. It's fucking... <laughs> <laughs> we're already... We're all, I'm at... Here's the thing. It's all just going to be puns of two minutes. If we start punning the fucking pun of the pun name... We're going to end up in a... I'm just going to uh, remove my own eyes. <laughs> Jeremy, Yugi, go away. <laughs> All right. Here's the thing. Woof. <laughs> right. Woof. How right. dare you woof me? All right, folks. We're trying something new this week. We're going to be doing a random drawing debate. Uh, I'm going to be the judge. Uh, it's going to be Team Katie and Jeremy versus Team Lucy and Drew. They're going to be drawing Juicy. artists and band names randomly out of a hat, and they have to defend the honor of whatever artist or band they receive, even if they like what the other team got better. This is to ensure that our lives remain hell at all times, even when we're listening to good music. Yes. Our team name is Stone Cold Jane Austen. <laughs> hell yeah. What's your team name, Drew? The shit. We're that's it. We're, we're team ah oh, shit. Da shit. Ah shit. Ah shit. shit. All right, so it's uh that's yes. Lucy and I's mating call. Yeah. Ah oh, shit. Da shit. All right, I'm going to be passing out the hat. Uh, Drew, do you want to draw out for your team? Talk about vampires. I'm ready for Don't blood. Don't fuck this up, Drew. Okay, and... Katie, you take the first draw. Yeah. God, All right, all what'd right. you guys get? The original heartbreaker himself, Tom Petty. Interesting, because we got Tom Waits. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy that happened. All right, let's go. First round, Tom Petty versus Tom Waits. Okay, opening statement... First of all, Jordan, I would like to thank you for moderating this debate. You're welcome. You kiss ass. <laughs> I am uh, uh, a little concerned because when you said Tom Petty, I thought of Tom Waits. <laughs> so here's the thing, gang, is I don't know shit about Tom Waits. Katie, you're going to do a lot of heavy lifting. Okay, here we go. Uh, yeah, everyone loves Americana, but which version do you like? Do you like the airbrushed version you learn in textbooks, or do you like the nitty-gritty real stuff that your drunk auto corners you at Thanksgiving and tells you about? That's Tom Waits, motherfucker. That's the real shit. Yeah, you're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed when you go to college and you think you're going to join the Peace Corps and change the world with your painted ponies standing on a cliff with your arms open, being nostalgic for the past, but no, you're going to get drunk, you're going to get your heart broken, and you're going to go party with a cartoon slut. Tom Waits. <laughs> that was incredible. 
Uh, Katie oh. went red in the face doing that, and now she's using her inhaler. <laughs> For my opening statement, I would just like to say that I hate waiting, and I love being petty. Now, here's the thing about Tom Petty. Tom Petty just fucking rules. <laughs> Plain and simple. That was incredible. Tom Petty rules. Tom Petty pretty much invented every type of music that you listen to now. Like, if you if you listen to Damn the Torpedoes, uh, you're going to hear every fucking Brooklyn band from the past 20 years just in one song. Like, I highly recommend everybody go home and listen to Shadow of a Doubt, A Complex Kid, parentheses, by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers off of the album Damn the Torpedoes. It's a damn fucking good song. And I think that we all, all Tom Petty, a little bit of our hearts. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you and agree? Absolutely, Drew. And I would just like to say, I just want to thank... Jeremy for thanking Jordan for having us here tonight. And I want to thank, thank the you, Boy Lucy. Scouts of America. And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, I feel like our opponents are kind of trying to put up a wall <laughs> between Tom Petty and Tom Waits. And you know what? Even walls fall down. <laughs> so that's not going to work. Walls Tom- free fall. <laughs> Absolutely. And Tom Petty, you know, Tom Petty... Everyone, there are only some people who grow into Tom Waits over time. There's a small group of people. Everybody has been Tom Petty. Everyone's been that boy. Everyone's been that girl. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone, everyone. And everyone loves horses. (laughs) And everyone has been that horse. Okay, I'm uh, I'm trying to get a grasp on who Tom Waits and who Tom Petty are. Oh my God. I I looked up because I remembered that you there's... guys have sabotaged me. <laughs> okay, wait, wait. This may you not understanding either of these people is explaining so much about who you are. You've literally just had the least fun music experience ever. You listen to angry punk, and then I guess just like some weird computer shit, and here you are. Yep, and, and stuff that I only like ironically because it's funny to say I do. So I looked up Tom Petty, trying to find what songs of his I would know, and I saw the title American Girl, right? And uh, I thought that was the She's a Good Girl, She Loves Her Mama song. It's not that song. American Girl is the other one that's like, She's My American Girl. Yes. So this guy has two different songs about like wholesome little girl next door Suspect. American girl oh, songs. Whoa, Tom Waits has 30,000 songs about sewers. <laughs> okay, but that... Okay, may I I retort? (laughs) American girl, the the refrain in that is actually, she was an American girl. So maybe you're projecting your own uh, paternal instincts onto this very independent girl who just wants to watch the cars drive by like waves. And Jeremy, to add to your argument, I would like to quote the great Tom Petty with, oh yeah, all right. (laughs) Here's the thing about Tom Waits. Tom Petty, every single artist in the world has stolen from Tom Petty. There's a reason why up until he died, sorry, he, he was in forty <laughs> he was in forty thousand lawsuits. He was suing the Red Hot Chili Peppers, he was suing my mom. I don't know. He sued a lot of people. But the reason that he did that is because he was so good that everybody stole from him. The only people that steal from Tom Waits are school shooters. <laughs> And because well, even though he was a gentile, and pleasure when he was devising. The Hold Joker. on. Well, you know, people love it when someone sues people over musical <laughs> things. You know what? I loved it when Radiohead, America's whiny bitch art student, <laughs> sued 
America's sweetheart, Lana Del Rey. I'm sorry, that is not a good defense. That just shows me that Tom Petty is what? Petty! Uh, here's the thing, too. Uh, Tom Waits, he is a renaissance man. You know what? Sometimes you get tired of someone sounding like a Muppet or singing like they're singing through a gramophone that wasn't tuned up correctly. So then he's like, I'm going to go act. So he will jump over that wall just like he did in the art. Tay House Classic, Down by Law, with those other people in it. The, the hypocrisy of that statement that Tom Waits doesn't sound like a Muppet is... You I should said, be... I said he did sound like a Muppet, to be fair. <laughs> uh, look, we, we all love Jim Jarmusch movies. We all love art school. But one day you have to grow up and realize that listening to music that makes people want to jump out windows... <laughs> 30, 37 albums such as Swordfish Trombones, you know, that thing that everybody loves. Swordfish Trombones. You like Zappa, look at your mustache, and you're going to sit here and tell me that you don't like absurdist I love Tom. I love Tom Waits. I don't love soul patches. Also, I think that... I think that Tom Petty's lawsuits—they don't—they don't show that he's small or 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 petty. Uh, they show—they <laughs> show that uh, even though he was, uh, you know, a a, a corn-fed uh, Middle America boy, he's a he's a Jew at heart. God damn it, <laughs> he's a Jew at heart. Also, to add to that, Tom Tom Waits notoriously never lent any of his music to any sort of commercial and sued Levi's for using a sound-alike of one of his songs. Meanwhile, if he had just sold the songs, he could have put his through kids through college instead of having to put out a fucking terrible album every two years. Are okay. you are you saying that him not being a corporate sellout is a negative here? As I, I just want to understand for my debate purposes. I'm writing it on the record. Court, court, please... Note that yeah, Drew. Please, please note that yeah, Drew yeah. is a big fucking bootlicker. Uh, yes, noted the uh, court. The court is uh, the the court has uh, noted. Thank you. Please, please note that Drew is a horny horny boy for global capital. Uh, in my defense, man. In in defense of that, here's the thing: if you have 37 albums and you've never written a catchy song in your life, and someone wants to give you money, you take that fucking money. Yeah, and you know what? If if the song "Wildflowers" is selling out, then I don't want to be poor. <laughs> okay, I'm running out of breath. First, okay, of- can I can I give an update on my uh, my quest to find out the difference between Tom Waits and Tom Petty as people? Uh, you may do this, but I want. To point out that you completely misunderstood. You're supposed. It's a debate class. You gotta lie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta fucking it. fake and, it, man. Yeah, listen, I'm trying my I, best here. I'm I'm attacking Drew's credibility here by pointing you're out not, that you're, he is you're a piss attack- pig for for uh for, for as well. judge. Uh, as a judge, you are not here to debate Drew's character. You're here to. <laughs> Defend your artist. Your honor, your honor. I would like to say that this is character assassination because Mr. This Mr. Is Hammond. Your honor, Mr. Hammond. It is. I am a judge. I am honorable. I have a hammer that I got at the movie theater when I saw Thor. I would just like to point out that Mr. Hammond is well aware of the fact that I dropped out of art school and am a huge Tom Waits fan, and he's trying to turn that against me. He knows that I'm backed in the corner and I don't have a lot to work with, so he's going for character assassination. Your Honor, if That's this fine. is going to be a courtroom scenario and not a debate club scenario, then an ad hominem attack is completely within the rules. 
Here's my defense based on the only thing that I can say for certain about Tom Waits is that Tom Waits was on Fishing with John and Tom Petty has been on no cool TV shows. Great, great. That's point. not true. Tom Tom Petty has been on It's Gary Shandling Show. And he was good friends with uh not Gary Shandling. What's what's the name of the show that is fake name? He was on Tom Petty was on Larry Sanders and he was good friends with Gary Shandling. But there was also the Gary Shandling show. So you could have lied about Which that. Which one is it, Drew? Oh. Ooh. Your Honor, my uh, my partner is clearly self-imploding. I'd like a new one. <laughs> yeah, can me and Lucy be on the same team? <laughs> no, I don't want to. No, no changing teams. <laughs> I would just like that. to say, look, I would like to say something nice about my opponent, which is that Bless Jeremy's heart for researching on Wikipedia very quickly something that he knows nothing about. Which is strange because I thought he knew a lot about bad music, but I guess I was wrong. My opponent just admitted that Jeremy was, quote, researching bad music, which admits that one of these musicians is worse than the other. And I'm going to say that that is Tom Petty in the case of Tom Waits versus Tom Petty. I would like to reiterate once again, Americana and nostalgia is for fascists. And as we have established, Drew, my turncoat comrade here, has made it clear that he appreciates <laughs> wealth over content. And in this case, I am saying that Tom Waits has more content. And, you are. And to add to that, in the few moments that I was able to look up Tom Waits' music, I saw no titles that I recognized except for one, and that is Bella Ciao, which is a an anthem of Italian anti-fascists. Therefore, Tom Waits rules. And have you seen the music video? Tom Petty sings about American girls. Have you seen the actual music video for Bella Ciao? Because it's probably the most, like, worst read-the-room protest song in the world. Because what they did was they went to the, uh, the inauguration... And they filmed people being sad. They didn't film Antifa fucking anything up. So where is your anti-corporate fucking mm. person and, and, when Tom Waits is not even like pointing out the importance of an actual anti-fascist song by showing anti-fascists? And may I add to that? Because, you know, if Tom Petty is the music of fascists, then Tom Waits is the music of performative nihilists who are arguably destroying Ooh. this country way more. Because, okay. because look, what is it? It's a guy who's tangoing till he's sore. He's just, he's coming home. Oh, I come home when I want to. I go to bed when I please. It's like, oh, so you have no connections to your community. That's so cool. To- <laughs> yeah. And I'd also just like to add that Katie, Katie, the statements that you made against me and, and, and my client, Mr. Tom Petty, you are projecting harder than a video art show in Deep Bushwick, which, by the way, suck and usually play Tom Waits. All right. Here's the thing. I hit the hammer, so it means it's final statement time. Who wants to do it? Your Honor, I would just like to say that it's so admirable of you to have a Thor Ragnarok hammer thermos and the Brave to not fill it with beer and then spill that beer everywhere when you smash it against your dog kennel. Truly forward thinking. Uh, Your Honor, I would just simply like to defend Tom Petty versus Tom Waits with a simple statement. These are the famous songs of Tom Petty. American Girl. Uh, Why am I blanking right now? Uh, What? Fuck. American Girl. Uh, Last Dance with... American Girl, Last Dance with Mary Jane. Um, uh, fuck. Mm-hmm. I'm no, so drunk. You can't. I can't cheat. I know. I'm so drunk with power. 
Anyways, the defense that I was going to make is what is the most famous song of Tom Waits? It's cooking up a Filipino box spring hog. You know, that radio jingle, that one that you like to sing to your kids before they go to bed? Cooking up a Filipino box spring hog? I will just counter that with Free Fallen. Okay. And Stone Cold Jane Austen, final statements. I would just like to reiterate, if you are making an argument of of quality versus uh, popularity, then Tom Waits is the clear winner here. Sure, it may be abrasive to the untrained ear, <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes we have to grow up and listen to things that is a little angular and hard to understand, but upon third listen, you can really uh, feel the shapes of it. All right, so based on uh, the debates that I've heard, I'm going to deliberate a little bit out loud. I think um, Katie started off so hot with that incredible, beautiful college thesis speech about Tom Waits, and then Jeremy came in and cut pretty much the whole tree down with a... It's the guy from the Heath Ledger jo- No, What? I didn't even understand what that meant as okay, a thing. Okay, just to clarify, I'm pretty sure that You may, Heath will not Ledger, sway my decision. That's fine. Uh, just to clarify what I meant, I'm pretty sure that Heath Ledger has said that part of his affectation as the Joker was based on him. That's not helpful to our case. Sort of, yes. He did say that, uh, and it's a little true based on, like, early Tom Waits, which I'm surprised was not brought up by Katie at all when Drew said that Tom Waits has never written anything catchy, because if you listen to, uh, like, a lot of early Tom Waits, like, there's tons of catchy Tom Waits, like San San Diego, or San Francisco Serenade. Searching for the Heart of the Saturday Night is very catchy. uh, Yeah, Heart of Saturday Night. I wanted to hear more of that, but I also think that Drew dug himself in a hole. What a shocker. The men dug the teams in a hole. Um, uh, I think you dug yourself in a hole when you were trying to go for like uh, the corporate thing, uh, especially because in your final statement, you couldn't actually remember any of the Tom Waits songs. And you named the two that, uh, they, that Katie poked so many holes in. My ruling is really uh, is, is leaning on the suing argument. Because, yes, a lot of people have stolen, uh, like, the music of Tom Waits. And he only sued people that took his riffs and, and made other hit songs off of them. Like, you, he didn't sue anybody who didn't actually kind of make it. So everything he was doing brought someone else to the game. So, yeah, it's, I guess, yeah, it's, it really comes down to a money versus art kind of a thing. And, um... I think I'm gonna go Tom Petty just because Jeremy did not, did not just didn't know how to do a debate. Jeremy has never been in debate class before. Nope, never been. Uh, we didn't have the funding. Now that- I would like to point out that this was also Jeremy's idea. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do round two. I'm mixing Let's my allergy two. medication um, with whiskey, and I'm ready to yell. <laughs> uh, all right, Lucy, do you want to draw the hat this time? Sure. And Ooh. Jeremy. I'm so nervous. I know. <laughs> Katie and I are going to kill each other. It's like that poem about Irish people murdering each All other. All right, hold on. Lucy, who'd you get? We got Sting, baby. Oh, oh man. Oh, shit. Woo. That better say Billy Joel, Jeremy. Oh, it's so much better. What? We got Eminem. Oh, oh my God. This yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Who okay. is pumped? Who is pumped for this? 
I'm ready. All right, who went? I'm all right, ready Kate, to do this. I have Katie to stand went. up because my, my, my butt's sweating. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, Lucy, please start us off. Sting. He's a man. I'll be honest. I don't even. I'm going to defend this man, and I don't even know his real name. <laughs> Got him. Got him. And uh, so, what would drive a woman to do this? What would drive a woman to def- come to a man's defense when she does not even know his real name? The reason I'm willing to do this is because I've seen inside of this man's soul. <laughs> And his soul <laughs> is the soul of, his soul is the soul of America <laughs> or New Zealand or wherever the fuck he's from. <laughs> where is he from? I don't know where this man's from or what his name is, but what I do know is that his songs are three-dimensional they make comments on human nature while appearing to be simple, melodic love songs or like simple, melodic, weird Lolita-like songs. But like, let's leave that aside for a second. That's where like the, the nuance comes in, I guess. And he, <laughs> look, he, when I, whenever I listen to Sting, I feel like he's taking me to a magical place near the water somewhere and I feel safe. I feel safe listening to Sting. And how many musicians can you say that about? Not enough. Um, okay. And Jeremy, please make your opening statement for Eminem. Ladies and gentlemen, Sting. One word. One syllable. One dimension. <laughs> Sting has one trick up his sleeve, and that is a sensitive... Slightly sad, perhaps a bit nostalgic, banger for the for uh, for the for the uh, radio at a Panera Bread. <laughs> My client, Marshall Mathers, aka Eminem. One word: three syllables, three dimensions. Marshall Mathers can write three types of song, and that is number one. Funny and dirty. Number two, aggressive and mean. Number three, deeply introspective. (laughs) Through my defense today, I will prove to you that my client can do at least three times as many things as Sting can. Thank you. Your Honor, three of those dimensions are murdering or beating his wife. Those are, those are Eminem's dimensions. Let me tell you a little bit about Gordon, but no one would dare call is him that. that. Sting's name? Not only is that Sting's name, but Sting was interviewed in the 2000s, the aughts. Could you imagine if he had an album, the Gordon LP? Well, well no, Gordon. that would never happen. Because the thing is that Sting, like Cher or Elvis or Jesus, has transcended needing a full name. And he... And, and, Sting was in an interview and a reporter called him Gordon. And he said to the reporter, my mom calls me Sting. My wife calls me Sting. Don't call me Gordon. His wife calls him Sting? (laughs) That's what the Wikipedia article said. Don't look at me like that. Drew, you're very good at undermining your client. (laughs) Uh, I disagree, actually. You know that Eminem, nobody calls him Eminem in real life. Everyone calls him Marshall. Because they're afraid of him. I'm letting Drew finish his statement. Here's the thing about Sting. Sting invented emo. 
Go back and listen to The Police, and you will hear every song. If you think you like Sunny Day Real Estate, fuck you. You like The Police. You like So Lonely. You like Can't Stand Losing You. You might even like Canary in a Coal Mine. That's because Sting was the first musician that I know of to openly speak about his feelings, be they suicidal or, I don't know, sad. The police rule. Not the actual police. Fuck cops. But the band, the police rule. Emo, the genre of music that single-handedly enabled the rise of the soft boy. The music genre that enabled so many a plaid shirt, acoustic guitar. Oh, I just don't want to be alone tonight. Please just sleep in my bed, but we don't need to touch. I'll lay my guitar between us. They call that. But as soon as you in, don't in the, put out, I'm gonna write Chris a. Caraba. But as soon as you don't put out, I'm gonna write an angry song about how I hope you die in a car crash. Yes, great defense. You know, nowadays everybody has something to say. But nothing comes out when they move their lips. It's just a bunch of gibberish. You're, you're because she, motherfucker. She looked up the lyrics. About Eminem, let's talk about it. Ladies and gentlemen, how many quotable lyrics can you bring up from Sting? Yes, we all know the album from our mother's cars getting driven to the mall in 2006. Uh, I'm sorry, three or something. I don't know. I've been drinking. Uh, but let's get real. It's like, once again, this is a, uh, a, a clear divide between do you want to go with something safe Something that is going to make the hair salon feel like a more warm place? (laughs) Or do you want something that actually changed the music landscape as we know it? Okay. Uh, What I want... What I want to hear from this point forward is I want to hear um, I want to hear more about why Eminem is cool. I want to hear more about why Eminem sucks from you guys. May, okay? I have a thing about how Eminem sucks. May I retort? Um, <laughs> I, uh, sure. Sting might be responsible for a few weepy-eyed soft boys. <laughs> but Eminem, Marshall Mathers... <laughs> If that is his real name. (laughs) Marshall Mathers is trapped in a prison of masculinity. And that is so much worse. I'm dropping in the jingle. Masculinity is a prison. Marshall Mathers is trapped in a prison of masculinity. And I'll be honest. I don't hate Marshall Mathers. I don't hate Eminem. (laughs) I feel for Eminem. Because I think what he's going through is really tough and it limits him as an artist. The fact that he blames women for his insecurities and his problems throughout his life makes him weaker as an artist. Sting, on the other hand, doesn't have to degrade women who use the <laughs> doesn't have to degrade women <laughs> who use God damn it. You can do it. I believe in you. Who use their sexuality? No, he turns around and he writes Roxanne. <laughs> You can put on that red dress tonight, but you don't have to. (laughs) And Katie, let me give you this message in a bottle. If you want to talk about the quotability of 
Eminem. How dare you look up the lyrics? Because what do you say to somebody you hate? Somebody who's trying to bring trouble your way? Because one day I was walking by with a podcast on when I caught an eye of somebody who's trying to be mean to Sting. And that's just cruel. Because those lyrics have stood the test of time so well that they sampled, they sampled Sting in hip-hop. No one can forget the ode to Biggie by Puff Daddy, who may have killed, who may have killed Biggie. Whoa. Who could forget that? But I don't see, I don't see anybody sampling Eminem. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm just gonna say this right now. Uh, they, they both won that combination. You're not gonna beat that. <laughs> My dad's a Jew that works for the media. And when my parents were still married, he had to go cover the Grammys, and he felt bad that he always left us all the time, and he's like, my mom convinced him to take us, so we got tickets, and I wore a pink polka-dotted raincoat to go see Elton John play with Eminem, and my mom was a very big uh, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road fan as a child, because she was depressed, like me, and uh, so she's very excited to see that performance, and after it was over, she looked at me, and she's like, I don't get it. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I love that. My tears gone cold, I'm wondering why. <laughs> why was he singing Dido? It's crazy. Um, uh, okay, so let's move on to round three. Uh, all right, Drew and Katie, please draw out of the hat. It's super fun. Oh, thank God. I, 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 I'm so tired of defending people I have nothing oh, to say about. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. This is going to be the... Right, Katie and I are going to kill each other. I have gotten Danzig. Yeah. Woo! Uh, team Aw Shit has gotten Limp Biscuit. Oh! <laughs> Let the battle of white trash commence. Yeah. Oh, I and know it your is the match of the worst. Out. Yes. Who is the worst white male frontman? Ladies and gentlemen, let me ask you something. What is the difference between Florida and New Jersey? <laughs> sure, they're both full of what some would call trash people. Sure, they're both a bit muggy in the summer. But there's one thing between them, and that is who their greatest man is. New Jersey, the Garden State. Their greatest man is a, a young fellow named Glenn Danzig. <laughs> Handsome man, prideful. <laughs> and you know what? He wants something. Sure. <laughs> he wants your skull. <laughs> but you know what else he wants? Your approval. <laughs> now, let's look at Florida's greatest man. Fred Durst. <laughs> what does he want? Oh, pussy. He wants boobs. He wants to kick you with a chainsaw. That's not my America. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> let's talk a moment about Limp Biscuit, a name that means a lot of things to a lot of people. But Danzig only means one thing. Danzig is a man, and Limp Biscuit is a band. And there's a reason for that. And that's because Danzig will kick the shit out of anyone and anything unless he can't. 
In which case, he will get the shit kicked out of him. More often than not. <laughs> Limp Biscuit is something special. They, when Limp Biscuit was forged in the orange fields of Florida, something special happened. Take a future director with a penchant for goatees and backwards hats. Uh, a man more akin to being a background extra in Hellboy 2 than a guitarist, but a very, very good guitarist, a DJ, and a jazz drummer, and you will get something special. You will get that high that you can only get from drinking too much Mountain Dew and trying to fight your neighbors. You will get music with feelings that are tangible to anyone between the ages of seven and, well, if you have made mistakes, maybe 47. Danzig is just a man. Limp Biscuit. Limp Biscuit is a state of mind. Thank you. All right. Listen up. So, first of all, your argument sucks. All right. First of all, Limp Biscuit as a band hates each other, and they all hate Fred Durst. They were not a united front. They were random, chaotic particles. And let's say, yes, Limp Biscuit is a state of mind. The state of mind is all about themselves, and especially Fred Durst. It was a ego project. Now, I know what you're going to say. Danzig the human is an ego project. Yes. But his ultimate goal, like Jeremy said, was for approval. If you're going to scream, scream with me. He invites the crowd to sing along. He loves his fans because they feed the devil inside, which he needs to please the Dark Lord Satan. He needs souls. While Fred Durst only has one concern in himself. Fred Durst is probably what is known as an autosexual, in which you are only aroused by the sight of your own body. <laughs> we can see this proof in the video for Behind These Blues Eyes, in which Fred Durst stares at himself longingly and then makes out with Halle Berry, only a work of a true sociopath. Danzig, on the other hand, just wants to show you his books and the cool brick pile in his yard and eat some burritos. That's all he wants. I can't defend either of these people. I'm so <laughs> tired, and I'm getting red in the face talking I, about them. I have something to say about Fred Durst. <laughs> you can say a lot of things about this guy, but there's one thing that will always be true about him. He does everything that he does in this world. For one woman, Halle Berry, she is his lifeblood. He does everything. I'm only basing this on the one video that you mentioned earlier. <laughs> But when he screams about violence and about being a, a grown man kid, he's doing it for Halle Berry. And when you think of it that way, it's actually kind of sweet. <laughs> I, then take Danzig. Ah, Danzig. The boy king of... Of... of Lodi teacher. Transgressive music. He doesn't have anyone to prove himself to because he's isolated everyone around him. He's an island. Danzig is an island. <laughs> he doesn't know what it's like to play to, to trash Floridians <laughs> because he's never made friends with any of the trash New Jerseyans that he's apparently grown up around. Your Honor, let the record show, first of all, that Fred Durst definitely never had sex with Halle Berry. <laughs> Additionally, my man Danzig, he's Valsell. <laughs> and it's 2018. Can the persecution of the Valsell community finally come to an end? 
I will say that Fred Durst is very insecure in his masculinity. He does not know how to purposely harness his power to its full extent. Mm. That is why he's always bragging about the nookie. I'm changing my argument right here now. <laughs> That's why he's always bragging outwardly, but he is so clearly scared. You can see through the facade. While Danzig is a solid pillar of confidence and masculinity Ooh, at its yes. peak. Yep. That's a man who is confident enough to tell the world, you know what? I love two things, Satan and Tweety Bird. <laughs> That's a confident, confident man. And additionally, if we're going to go by the music video in which Fred Durst makes out with Halle Berry and that's like the you know that's the truth that we're living in some fiction presented to you by Fred Durst then we should also be accepting the fiction presented to us by Glenn Danzig and we have to accept the fact that he was definitely jacked off by Jackie O (laughs) and that is way more impressive to be honest because they didn't even live at the same time actually is Jackie O still alive I have no idea no, she's not alive. He was jacked off by a sad ghost. And what is more metal than that? Disrespect. What is more metal than that? The people of the the, the, the YouTube comments? Disres- <laughs> disrespecting a fallen hero? That is your icon, sir? I need Please. to look up if Jackie O was still alive. Jackie O died in the 80s. She had cancer. I read a lot of Wikipedia, <laughs> as most people at home can tell from my arguments. Look, Limp Bizkit is flawed. Of course they are. Think of their upbringing, Florida. Meanwhile, everything that you love about Danzig is not Danzig. If you like attitude uh, and the ability to never engage with a fan ever without using your fists, then you like Danzig. What you like is the Misfits. And what you like is a backing band that is very good at their instruments that will quickly be fired after two albums. Limp Biscuit is... The American dream, coming from nothing, being played at stadiums, having children hear your music and then promptly hurt themselves, either accidentally or on purpose. <laughs> Limp Biscuit is what this country is all about. And if you don't like Limp Biscuit, you don't like America. Much like how America was started by white settlers that stole the land, we all know that Limp Bizkit stole riffs from children at guitar centers as covered <laughs> in our episode on Pod Minutes to Cast Night. Danzig is a flawed man as well, but as we have covered, confident and so assured in his ability, and he brings the people consistency in his performance. When you see Danzig, you know to bring earplugs because he's going to turn those levels all the way fucked <laughs> up. Yes, it'll be fuzzy and kind of hard to hear and the sound guy's going to storm out because he's tired of dealing with his bullshit. <laughs> but you are going to get a show and it will be shirtless. <laughs> okay, we are halfway through. I want to hear from you guys more of why Limbiscuit is important other than they are from Florida. <laughs> uh from you guys, I would like. I want to hear more. You have defended Danzig, kind of the entire time. Please attack Limbiscuit. Here we go. I just want to point out real quick that Danzig hasn't played a shirtless show since 2002. I would bet money on that. Fred okay. Durst, on the other hand, <laughs> is Fred Durst ever shirtless? He doesn't need to be. Most grown adults don't need to be. Fred Durst is more mature than Danzig. Okay. Oh. Here's here's my attack on Limp Bizkit 
while also being a defense of, I guess, the Misfits overall, let's talk about face paint. (laughs) Your Honor, the Misfits have what I would consider to be a classic look. It's consistent. You know what to expect. Every time I've seen Limp Bizkit in concert, that West Borland's doing a whole different thing. I don't know what to expect from him. It's sometimes it's he's a space alien salamander, but sometimes it's a very close to blackface thing with feathers on top. Also, I have done extensive research, and as we all know, Limp Bizkit's album was originally supposed to drop the day before 9-11 happened. Mm. How suspicious is that? So (laughs) their single comes out with Fred Durst dancing on the top of the Twin Towers, and then they fall down. Tell me it's not related. I dare you to prove me wrong. Where was Danzig on the day of 9-11? He was in his Los Angeles mansion piling bricks. (laughs) If Limp Bizkit did do (laughs) 9-11... Wouldn't be oh wouldn't that be the most metal shit ever? The debate Doing is back on. Is the, metal. Now that the debate is back on, I would like to make a comment about consistency. Consistency is a trap. It's a reason why a bald man would grow out a rat tail so that he could pull it all the way over his face <laughs> as if he still could grow bangs. Because he is stuck in 1980, where all he can do in interviews is talk about how he was there when Sid Vicious died. Your Honor, he's very clearly conflating Glenn Danzig's classic long hairstyle with Jerry Only's disgusting balding devil lock. Glenn Danzig went from wearing shirts of his own band to fishnets and amulets. That is gross. That dude looks gross in it. And to add to face paint, I would like to tell you a quick story of when I went to go see Danzig. I saw Danzig play a revival show in 2013, and there were people wearing the face paint, and then there were people that weren't wearing the face paint. And I was talking very loudly to my friend, and I said, do these guys know that Danzig sucks? And someone in face paint said, oh yeah, dude, we know Danzig sucks. This is just fun for us. And then I saw a very normal-looking person in a Calvin Klein shirt shed a single tear because we had defeated his icon. Misfits, <laughs> Misfits, is, Misfits and Danzig is for normies. Uh, it's for normies. Uh, 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 excuse me. I danced Limp Biscuit at a bar mitzvah on <laughs> Nassau County, Long Island. You're going to tell me that's not the normiest shit? I was at a uh, yacht club. Okay, <laughs> we're going to do final statements now. Okay. <laughs> I have to admit. <laughs> Lucy is standing up right now, everybody. As Please person, do it in a southern accent. <laughs> This is going to be the 10-minute defense, the 10-minute prosecution sequence from JFK, by the way. So sit tight. 12 Angry Lucy. Yeah. I'll be honest. I'm in a tough spot. A lot of people don't believe in Limp Biscuit right now. And I suspect that a lot of people want Limp Biscuit to fail. But God damn it, I believe in this man. I believe in Fred Durst. (laughs) Yes. Maybe he's a little immature. He named an album Dookie, I think, if that was Limp Bizkit, if I'm right about that. No. No? That was Green Day. That was Green Day, okay. He he named an album whatever the fuck they call their albums. 
He uh, named his band Limp Bizkit. Let's be honest. That's a little... That's gross. <laughs> but, and yeah. Okay, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy Look what you did to her. Lucy has run out of Last memory. year she was healthy. Look what we did to her. And yeah, they may have done 9-11. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that they're not genuine, goddammit. Okay. Go for it, Jeremy. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury. There's no jury. It's just the judge this time. Ladies and gentlemen of the judge. Thank you. <laughs> My opponent has come out here. Drew Kaufman, fancy big city lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to wow you with his arguments about Glenn Danzig's changing wardrobe over the years. Used to wear his own band's t-shirt. Now he wears fishnets. I have something to say to you, Drew. You got some fucking attitude. (laughs) All right, the, the 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 debate is over. Um, I have made my decision. Um, to be honest, um, I'm surprised that I'm going with this, this decision. I'm picking Danzig, but I wanted Limbisca to beat him very badly. But well, you guys just made a lot of not true sentences, though. Like there was just a lot of just there. There was a lot of arguments that was like, well, that's just not a thing. It's just. We know that. Like, um, Drew brought up that uh, a, ba- a band leaving after two albums. No, Danzig's band was the same band for four albums. The band that lo- that left after two albums was Limp Bizkit. <laughs> <laughs> they made two albums and they're like, we're out of here. You guys won because of your argument about toxic masculinity. <laughs> and that Danzig owns it in the healthy in the healthiest way. So yeah, no, you you guys arguing uh Danzig's uh display of uh, of masculinity. Actually, you know what? You proved that Danzig is a version of healthy masculinity <laughs> with your argument. So I'm Danzig a monster. <laughs> All right, here we go. There are two options in here for this final round. Uh, Lucy, which, uh, which, uh, what did you pick? We got the Ninja Turtles theme, baby. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, that's funny because we got the X-Men theme. Oh, shit. Oh, man. One of the most, the most heated debates in uh, 90s animation history. Which is better? The X-Men theme song or the Ninja Turtles theme song. The Ninja Turtles is the 80s, but it went into the 90s, so fuck you. It's also a 90s theme song. For a crew like the Ninja Turtles, brave, funny, loyal, you need a truly exceptional theme. What kind of theme could capture everything that the Ninja Turtles are? Yeah, they're turtles, but they're also New Yorkers. They're New Yorkers, but they're also heroes. What kind of theme could capture all of that? Only the Ninja Turtles theme. That is the only theme that could capture that. It's it's uh, it is powerful, but it comes with a little wink and nod. It doesn't take itself too seriously. 
That's the beauty of it. The X-Men, I mean, look, I don't want to, I don't want to disrespect the X-Men, but sometimes it's a lot of doom and gloom. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Segregation was bad. <laughs> There's been other bad shit since then. You gotta keep up with the times. Oh my god. The Ninja Turtles, on the other hand, is timeless. And it needs a timeless theme to go with it, and that's what this theme is. I believe my opponents have no familiarity with either of these songs, and I'm going to tell you why. First of all, Lucy did not bring up one specific thing about the Ninja Turtles theme song, which, as we all know, is very catchy and has very famous words. Second of all, if you're talking about timelessness, the Ninja Turtles theme song is the most 90s shit on the planet, while the X-Men's theme song is a beautiful instrumental revered by many metal guitarists. The X-Men theme song, I would argue, birthed many shredders that are still alive today making music that we all enjoy and love. What one of us has not gone to a battle of bands and seen an enthusiastic 14-year-old saying, hey guys, we're going to open the show, but we're going to do something fun first and open up with those famous bars of the X-Men theme song. Jeremy, do you care to sing it with me? It's fun as hell. Everyone loves it. It's a jingle your mom can get behind, your grandpa can get behind, angry teenagers at the mall can get behind. It's beautiful. What, Drew? What? 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 May I? Katie, Jeremy, do you know what the difference is between a bisque and a chowder no because i'm not 80 years old uh chowder is uh chowder is made with ham <laughs> no yeah maybe that's, that's actually it. what the no that's actually what the definition that's of not what it is. is no you're wrong you're Don't wrong fuck with me i watch food tv i wa- i read more wikipedia than god sir and a a bisque is a soup where all of the ingredients have been pulverized to create an even texture a chowder has lots of chunks in it. And traditionally, chowder is this... I have a point. Don't give me that face. I have a fucking point, sir. <laughs> chowder is... irrelevant. I'm getting there, Your Honor. <laughs> Sustained! <laughs> Look, if you're going to have people who have Asperger's on your show, you got to let them finish their points. <laughs> chowder is the traditional soup of poor people originally. Because they were poor, they wanted to see the ingredients that were in there. If they were paying for lobster, they wanted to see chunks of lobster in it. Everybody likes chowders more than bisques because it's better. You have a song with no (laughs) lyrics. You are saying that a song with no lyrics that you cannot sing along to, that your grandma cannot sing along to, that your mom cannot sing along to, that is considered an anthem? Are you crazy? Meanwhile, the Ninja Turtles are pure working class. They live in the sewers of New York City. You are defending a bunch of rich fucking superheroes. We are not defending the superheroes. We are defending the theme song, sir. We are defending the theme song. I will say that they are one in one. A working class, shall I say, uh, oi band, punk rock, group of turtles led by a rat, have a theme song apropos, apropos, to what they are and what they represent, which is the common man. Whereas you have a bisque. It is rich, 
It is flavorless and it is missing lyrics because it is classist and disgusting and I will not stand for the X-Men theme song. Okay, I got so many points. First of all, me and Jeremy literally just sang this to you. So to say you cannot sing along with it is irrelevant. How do you spell do-do-do-do-do? D-O-O-O, 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 get real. Second of all, you just brought the actual lore into it. So excuse me, everyone knows X-Men is a metaphor for the queer experience. So right now, you saying that the X-Men are privileged is hate crime. You are doing a hate crime right uh, now, live you're like on one the of those, air. You're like one of those DSA bros oh, who's like, you. excuse yes, me, yes. honey. They live in a mansion and they have they live in a mansion and they have a jet. My clients, they have a, a fucking helicopter that shoots pizzas. <laughs> yes, they were taken in by Your a Your Honor, that's a toy. <laughs> Your Honor, he's citing toys as though they're canon. Jeremy, back me up. I think it's safe to say that the Ninja Turtles theme song is the staying alive of all cartoon theme songs. And who doesn't love the staying alive sequence, which takes place in Bensonhurst, New York? Working class New York City. Still around, thank God. Well, the Ninja Turtles theme song is Staying Alive, then the X-Men theme song is Ride the Lightning. Hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yes. Yes. This brings up a good point. It's Ride the Lightning, the karaoke version without lyrics. Go. No. Here's the big difference between the Ninja Turtles theme song and the X-Men theme song. Only one of them's got riffs. Motherfucker. There is no riff to the fucking team. That's all that is is just some dumb sing along fucking you're right, Oi band. Oi bands don't have riffs. You know who does? Metallica circa ride the lightning. Yes. They don't have group yells, and our song does. Heroes in a half shell turtle power? Are you kidding me? That's an anthem. They should be shouting that at the women's march. An anthem of capitalism. <laughs> Nevertheless, she persisted. They're the world's most fearsome fighting team. Nevertheless, they're on the half shell. Uh, None of the Ninja Turtles are women. Yes, April O'Neil's there, but she is not a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. You don't know that that's not a woman. Look at this and tell me the gender of this. Gender doesn't matter with Ninja Turtles because gender is over. They're turtles. Um, I Drew was holding you. up my Donatello action figure. Listen, all the Ninja Turtles are gender fluid, and that makes them the most progressive band of of cartoon heroes in American history. Storm, Rogue, Kitty Pride, Baxter Stockman. (laughs) One second. We are now halfway through the debate. Please continue the debate. It's like you cannot bring... I was trying to just keep this in the round of song, but if you want to go there with me, you are starting a fight you cannot win. I have been in the trenches, okay? (laughs) First of all, Jeremy is right. This is just a child-chanting sing-along song meant to promote toys. Now, while there are X-Men merchandise, we will not deny that. Originally, it was come from a comic book property made to unite misfits and children. Ninja Turtles is a Hasbro property. And so, whatever. It was made to sell toys. And you know how I know the Ninja Turtles theme song? Subterranean sewer hockey. 
I have that ad in my head every time I hear that song. So it doesn't matter if I'm listening to the Ninja Turtles theme song to just think about the turtles who I've gone on many fun adventures with. Immediately, toys start flashing in my mind. Sell, sell, sell. Bye, bye, bye. When I hear the X-Men theme song, I just think of some sick adventures and yeah. kicking Nazis in the dick. First you know all, what? You know what? You know what? There is no commercial song. There's no fucking song on like some corporate-ass commercial that has no lyrics. You know what the fucking Ninja Turtles song reminds me of? The fucking Pizza Bagel song. That's Which what is it also like awesome. Me. When pizza's on a bagel, you can eat pizza anytime. You know what? If that was just riffs, you wouldn't have that stuck in your head you wanna, 20 you years wanna talk, later. All right, you want to get into corporate? Let's get into corporate. So, the X-Men was a 90s cartoon on... Uh, a channel called Fox 5. Perhaps you've heard of Fox. They are pretty well known for their news. Same company. Both I owned by the same Fawn people. News. Yeah, exactly. So you, your progressive X-Men, they put money in the pockets of Bill O'Reilly. And, and I can prove that. Oh because they were on Fox. They were also part of a Marvel block. They were, they were the same. This is the same channel that also had Spider-Man. It also had Silver Surfer, which was canceled pretty quickly. It also had Fantastic Four. All in the same morning, the Ninja Turtles have no contemporaries. They have no partners. They are themselves and nothing else. And that is because the Ninja Turtles are something truly special. Independent, without corporate interests, all of their money... Comes comes from grassroots. I can't even finish. What is this? What are you? What we are, have what lost are you We have Ninja Turtles. The Ninja Turtles are a five hundred one c three. Ninja Turtles are a charity. Look at them. The okay. Ninja they Turtles are a lot like Bernie Sanders. Yes. You know what? We have lost sight because while it's true that the Ninja Turtles did start as an independent outlet, it doesn't matter how any of these things started. We are talking about music right now, ladies and gentlemen. And when it comes straight down to the nitty gritty of it, when we are playing each piece as a piece of music, the Ninja Turtles song is for children and people who have fallen off their bicycles. And the X-Men cartoon theme song is for people who are getting it done, being proactive, and... Fighting crime. Here's a, here's here's another argument. What musician do the Ninja Turtles look like? <sighs> Iggy Pop. John Joseph from the Cro-Mags. <laughs> what musician does Professor Xavier look like? Moby. Ian Mackay from Minor Threads. <laughs> Who would you say is more innovative? Your Honor. Ian Mackay or John Joseph? <laughs> Your Honor, my partner's trying to sabotage me. Your Honor, I'm <laughs> drunk and can no longer make this argument. <laughs> I'm on allergy medication and I had a drink, so it's extra sleepy time. Final thoughts? Your Honor, bang that gavel. Yeah, please, right. put Your us Honor, out. Your Honor, bang that shit. <laughs> All right, that was a good, clean round. That was maybe the most impressive round of the entire debate this evening. I, I'm going to be honest, It is at, at this moment, it is dead even. <laughs> Final statements are going to be Drew Kaufman and Katie Rose Leon. They're the world's most fearsome fighting team. They're heroes in a half shell, and they're green. When the evil Shredder attacks... Those turtle boys, they don't cut him no slack. Exactly. X-Men, X-Men, we're the X-Men. X-Men, X-Men, we're the X-Men. X-Men, X-Men, we're the X-Men. Mutant superpowers, we're the X-Men. The Ninja Turtles theme song is so good, it could have been the theme song for X-Men. True, as always, you're all bluster and no content. 
Beautiful, sweet Drew Kaufman. Beautiful baby boy, you little meatball. You're just adorable up here doing your little song and dance. (laughs) Don't be distracted by this charming man baby (laughs) and his empty promises and his fireworks show. Yes, the Ninja Turtles theme song is catchy, but once again, when it comes to musicality, to true craftsmanship, we gotta go with the X-Men theme song. It shreds straight up. The Ninja Turtles theme song is an advertisement for subterranean sewer hockey, a air hockey game that did not work right. The X-Men theme song does exactly what you want in a theme song. It gets you excited. It makes you feel thrilled. What's gonna happen? It makes you want to pick up a guitar, say, fuck you, mom, I'm not going to church. I'm learning the X-Men theme song. Thank you very much. Yeah, that is, uh, that's the hardest part is uh, KRL has such a, an accurate argument in that it makes you want to play guitar, but that, the thing is, the theme song isn't written on guitar. It is a keyboard simulating a guitar. Because there's no way that a theme song was ever written with a two-string sweep. That's a very hard thing to do. And I don't think that like uh, th- that someone from uh, from CBS could really figure out how to do that. But Carol also did not say that the theme song was written on guitar. That's not part of her argument. This was hard. This is really hard. Bo- both both teams brought up very compelling reasons. For 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 the for the impact of their theme song, I thought that I was I so I was just trying to find faults in the argument, like when when Drew brought up the Ninja Turtles, uh, like uh, the X Men being on Fox and putting money into Fox's pockets. That's actually a very good point, but I don't know if that's that's enough to. De- to defeat uh, like Katie's argument of the fact that uh, the Ninja Turtles theme song was invented to sell toys. The whole point is to sell the toys and not the show. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to give it to the X-Men because... Yeah. Honestly, right. I, because it, it, they, they were right. There were no... I, I thought there would be holes uh, in some of their arguments. There, there, there wasn't. Uh, I did want to... It did make kids want to play guitar. It made me want to play guitar. Um, it is the X Men theme song is timeless. It's gonna be all right. In the final round, it will be Jeremy Hammond versus Lucy Steiner for the trophy, the first ever to miss the debate night trophy, which is, as I understand it, that Thor hammer. <laughs> no, this is my soda cup. I drank cherry Pepsi out of this, and I will continue to do so, sir. I drew Shaggy. <laughs> I drew corn. Shaggy versus corn. Final round. One statement each. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, your honor. Shaggy is a man who will present to you with all sorts of tales about all the women he's slept with. Monica, Veronica, and so on. But only one of these artists has the bravery to put directly into a song exactly what it sounds like when he has sex. (laughs) Thank you. Your Honor. (laughs) Ms. Steiner. (laughs) Because I don't feel the need to attack my opponent, because I feel so confident 
in my clients' <laughs> qualities. I will just say that as much weed as Shaggy smokes, he has never once, for fun, gotten his dog high. And that's the mark of a good man. Did corn get their dog high? <laughs> Who knows? Your Honor! <laughs> Your Honor, I would request a retrial... Uh, my team does not know <laughs> anything about corn, and the other team has confused Shaggy for Lou Bega, the author of Mambo Number no. Five, and not Shaggy, most famous for "It Wasn't Me." All right, here's the thing: okay. the other members of the team now get it. Now, actually, all right, that round was completely all right. Completely I'm willing done. to call a mulligan on that. Yeah. All right, here we go. Fuck me, I don't want to. You do goddamn this. rubes! Now you have to. Okay. Drew Kaufman, go first. Oh, fuck. I'm sorry. I'm so tired. They went first. That's fair. It's fair. Katie, I would just like to say <laughs> that arguing with you has been one of my life's great pleasures. You are truly a wonderful orator, and I hope to one day open up a law firm with you instead of against you, <laughs> which will then promptly be closed down because neither of us have any discernible law degrees whatsoever. <laughs> but I will say this. Shaggy is a man who has overcome a lot of things, most of which is what some would call a one-hit wonder. Famous most for having intercourse with a woman, saying it wasn't him, then later maturing, accepting that maybe it was me, and joining forces with one of the most esteemed artists in the world. <laughs> my client, who I'm a huge fan of, regardless of my law career, Mr. Sting. Mr. Sting. Few artists have revivals like that. One of whom is not corn. Corn was bad, corn is bad, and corn will continue to be bad until the end of time. And I will make that with two points. One Wasn't that supposed to be one sentence? Yeah. Oh, one sentence? <laughs> Fuck me. It's Anyways, it's a it's a white dude with it's a white dude with dreadlocks and a guy named Monkey versus Shaggy, who I think is pretty cool. Moving on. Also I thought we were talking about Shaggy from Scooby Doo. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! Are you kidding me? Shaggy got the dog high all the time. Oh my god! Oh my god! Is that what that comment was? That was what the comment was. Oh, so it was a positive. Okay. Oh my god! Oh my god! Just give it to Lucy. Um. So Lucy is the winner of that for literally defending. The show Scooby Doo against Corn. Um, congratulations, congratulations to Dash Shit for defeating Stone Cold Jane Austen. Like Zoinks, Lucy, we did it, man. Uh, we did every name in the hat except for the final, for the, the bongos. The final name in the hat that was not drawn was Pantera. Uh, Imagine the combinations. Would have loved to seen Pantera face off against their uh, their longtime arch rival, the, the Ninja Turtles. The Ninja Turtles, <laughs> yes. I would have liked to seen Pantera do a duet with Sting. All right, everyone. Uh, I I I can firmly say that this is the hardest uh, I've ever laughed at this podcast. I had a great time. It was way too long, but thank you all for being here. Can we do plugs? 
Lucy. Uh, you can follow me at the Steinbag, and you can uh, see me on October third at New York Comedy Club on Witch Hunt. Uh, hey folks, you know what it is. Check me out at Jeremy Thunder, and check out Ballin' Out Super. Super. And uh, you know, register to vote, and uh, <laughs> you know, look up your local DSA endorsed candidates. Uh, hi. Actually, you should do that. Yeah, you should yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Katie Rose on Instagram at Oh Hello Katie Rose. Listen to the anime podcast that Jeremy plugs because I am on it. I'm tired. Let's give it to Drew Kaufman who will do a serious plug this time and not a weird joke. Have you checked out the music video that I did yet? Go to Google and search for Mrs. Smith guitar and watch the music video for the Bob Ross technique. That's all I'm plugging. Watch the music video. It's really fun. And Mrs. Smith is an amazing guitarist. That's all I want. All right. Uh, before Jeremy and Drew throw each other in a fucking bowl of acid, uh, <laughs> I just want to let you know, please keep a lookout for Two Minutes of Late Night at New York Comic Con. We may or may not be there. We might be there. We'll probably be there. We we'll might not be there. be there. We maybe be there. We're and all if pretty you're, uh, drunk down. And if they are there, <laughs> if, the, if they happen to be there and you're wearing their shirt, they might give you a kiss. Yes. You might get a kiss. Uh yeah. Uh, please follow me at uh, Mr. Jordan Knowles on Twitter. Follow my dog on Instagram at Great Hambino. That's great, as in uh, not wh- how I'm uh, the job I'm doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys remember Bud Ice? Remember when Budweiser made Bud Ice and they had the little penguin that would walk? Leave Balls me alone. Drink. Great Hambino, follow on Instagram. All right, uh, please. Um, uh, oh my God! Free me Eat from a- this hell. Goodbye. Virgin yeah. for the- <laughs>